When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are going to a very good friend of the show, the voice of Sky Sport Rugby, joins us, Tony Johnson. Good afternoon, TJ. Hi, Steffi. Lots of topics. Um, as we seem to have lots of topics, which is more than just previewing games. Uh, Dalton Papali'i, uh, three weeks, maybe two, if he takes a tackling course. Your response? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, well, first and foremost, uh, you know, if it had been anywhere else in the world, it, it, it probably would have been a, just a straight red and off for the rest of the game, um, you know, because but they've stuck with this, you know, the upgradable yellow. So that was a fairly uh, predictable outcome. I mean, I, I just thought straight away. I know some people are saying that uh, uh, Richie Maunga had his knees bent when the um, collision took place, but to me, that, that there's really no mitigation, uh, and it's just a warning where they're probably going to be a bit less lenient uh, at, at the World Cup. Uh, they've just got to get their tackle technique right. He went in too high. Uh, yeah. And even if even if there was a bit of a duck, it was always going to be a risk. Um, so, yeah, uh, three weeks off, possibly two. Um, but, uh, you know, just a, a salutary warning, really, about what lies ahead and the need for discipline. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the Ethan Black out of signing, which is great news, but it's made me think, TJ, not too long ago, it was an expectation that All Blacks would just resign and we carry on. We are now celebrating a nine-test All Black re-signing. How times have changed? Well, I don't know. Are we celebrating it or has it just become a, you know, it's a notable story? I mean, I mean, they'll be pleased to keep them in the country. Uh, and look, so far they've done pretty well. I mean, we, we know that Sam Whitelock's going to head off to France and he, he you know, it, you know, he's coming towards the end of his international career anyway. Brodie Ritalik, um, likewise. Um, Richie Maung is going. But other than that, I think they've managed to secure a lot of really good names. I know that the guns are still out. I think there's a lot of talk about Lester Fainer and Nupu who's been made or contemplating a very big offer from uh, too long. And I know that uh, there's a couple of other wingers or, or, or back three players that are very much in the spotlight. I know Leon's chasing someone at the moment. So uh, I, th- I, th- I think you've still got a... Um, I think it's 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 worth a bit of a, a hand clap, you know, to keep a player of that ability in the country because, you know, the market's just become so competitive and it's probably, you know, becoming a lot harder for players to turn down the big money. Yeah, and, you know, we're hearing, um, I mean, Will Jordan, a massive offer in Japan. He's probably got offers from anyone would take him, anyone. Um, it's, it's a bit more watch this space, I guess. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, um, in the under-20s, they're going to do ball technology, which will track um, passes, whether it's forward or not, line-out throws, tries, etc. Um, interesting, interesting observation this one will be. Yeah, I've really got mixed feelings about this. I mean, I think it's probably worth a try. And, I, you know, there's one thing that does impress about uh, Phil Davis, who's the director of rugby now for World Rugby, is is that he's prepared to, to listen and to talk and to look and to try things 
Uh, the worry about it for me is that, you know, we're just going to get too forensic about the whole thing. Uh, you know, I think the idea is to try and detect forward passes or crooked line-out throws or where the ball went out. I mean, haven't we already got match officials to do that? And is this just not going to result in more time lost? I know they're saying that the technology is immediate and it'll be fed back to the um, to the referees, but, oh, you know, is, is this just going a bit too far? Can we not just allow for a bit of human error? I mean, we saw it on Saturday night, I think, uh, in, in, in the rush to figure out what had happened with Rich, uh, with uh, the Richie Maunga, Dalton Papali'i thing that we were talking about. There's a knock forward got missed in the middle of it all. I mean, but, but you know, it's human errors. There's room for it in the game, surely. Uh, and it also just brings into question that whole dynamic of what is a forward pass, uh, where you can see a ball that's, you know, the pass is released inside the 22, it's caught over the 22, and yet somehow is deemed not to have gone forward. Yeah, we're just at the risk of overcomplicating things at a time when we really need to be trying to simplify the game. Yeah, I, I, I'm in agreeance. I am in agreeance. Um, Super Rugby this week, the Crusaders. Uh, it's rest week for the All Blacks. It, it's danger time. I know Scott Barrett's there, Cullen Grace is there. Uh, I guess the good things for me, Will, Jordan gets another game, and I'm looking forward to seeing Dallas McLeod in the midfield again. Yeah, look, the whole rest week thing uh, rears its head again. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, to me, the, the, the one that's caught my eye is the Chiefs-Hurricanes game. Uh, the Chiefs rested players last week and got beaten. Mm. Hurricanes are choosing to rest them this week. Uh, no Artie Savia, no Tyrell Lomax, no Jimmy Barrett. Uh, the interesting thing is we were told at the beginning of the year that although there would be some exceptions and some special cases, the idea was that no one played more than five games in a row. By taking their rests last week, uh, it means that if the Chiefs go all the way in the competition, they will be having to, they'll be asking New Zealand rugby for the likes of uh, Brody Wittalik, Sam Kane, Samasoni, Talkiaho to play six games in a row, whereas uh, the Hurricanes have chosen to do it this week, when if they'd done it last week, they got a 70-point win over Moana Pacifica. So, uh, it, you know, it, it's, it's all a bit messy, to be quite honest. Um, but I don't think uh, at the moment, um, not, you know, I'm di- not disrespecting Moana Pacifica, but I, I'm pretty sure that the Crusaders uh, have got the depth to rest a few All Blacks uh, for this one um, and, and, you know, just carry on building that momentum up the table. Uh, you know, after that very... Good, very deserved, very, to me, tactically comprehensive win over the Blues last week. Yes, and now the Blues go to Queensland, who I don't know where they found the form to, to win in New Zealand. I think it's the first time they've beaten the, the Chiefs in New Zealand for a decade. It was about their third win in 20 games in, in New Zealand as well. Is that a return to form for the Reds that the Blues should be worried about? Uh, well, to me, this just becomes an absolute must for the Blues, this, um, because, you know, when you, at, at the moment, the shape of the table is that they're in fifth place. And uh, if, for example, they were to cancel the last few weeks of the competition and, and have the, the quarterfinals based on uh, where they stand on the table today, the Crusaders, uh, the Blues would be playing the Crusaders, Hurricanes would be playing the Waratahs, Brumbies are playing the Reds, and the Chiefs would be playing the Force. So, I think the Blues, you know, they've got to um, get themselves back into the top four. That'll be their, their goal to try and get a home quarter final. Uh, but obviously uh, their hopes took a hit last week and they don't want them to take another ho- uh, hit this week. 
to, to me, this is a, a huge game for, for both teams. The, the Reds have got themselves back up into the into the top seven. They want to stay there. Um, I, I thought, you know, defensively, um, they, they played a really good game last week. They got their defensive tactics right. Mm. And uh, the Blues, well, they go there without Finley Christie, without uh, Rico Ioane, and, of course, without Papali'i, who's suspended. So, to me, it suddenly becomes a taller order than you might have thought a few weeks ago. Can the Highlanders finally string some wins together, TJ? The Rebels, I mean, I think the Rebels, um, they have brilliant patches of play, and if they could play for 80 minutes, they can really worry just about any side. Yeah, well, to me, this is do or die time for for both of these teams. They're both uh, on 15 points. They're both three points out of the the eight for the playoffs, and I think whoever loses this game, I think are going to really struggle uh, to, to make it into the top eight. Um, Highlanders, after this, they've got a home game against the Reds and away to the Blues, so it's, it's not an easy finish to the season. So they absolutely have to win this one. And, you know, they could start by cutting down their turnovers, 21 of them last week. Uh, that, that That's really costly stuff. So, you know, this just this becomes... Um, it, it, it's not sort of win or go home time, but, but to me, this is an absolute must win against a, a Rebels team. Always sort of pretty hard to get a... A read on, yeah, they've got they've got some good players, but they just haven't had. They've been like the the Highlanders; they've been very, very inconsistent. So, yeah, for a game that's outside the top eight, there's a hell of a lot riding on this for both sides. Uh, TJ, I want to talk to you about a little bit about uh, coaching appointments. Obviously, we've just heard that Chris Kibbs is standing down from his assistant post at the Hurricanes. People were suggesting maybe he was a guy that could become head coach. I would suggest with him standing down, he wasn't going to be offered it. Um, it's still a discussion point about who's going to end up where. Um, does Dave Schmidt want to be a head coach? Does Ian Foster want to coach a team next year post All Blacks? When do you think we might start seeing some sort of indication who's going to go where? Well, without having really talked to either of them about it, I, I wouldn't see Joe Schmidt or Ian Foster taking on a Super Rugby job next year. Uh, the fact that Chris Gibbs, I, I agree that, that there might be a bit more going on behind the scenes than we know about. Does it mean that they've already got someone lined up? To, to me, the, I suppose the um, the offshoot or the, the, the side effect, if you like, of uh, Scott Robertson's uh, hand-picking a, a team of guys from around the Super Rugby competition, it really has gutted the, the Super Rugby coaching ranks. And I, I just wonder whether... The, the time might be for, for the New Zealand franchises to start reaching out to some New Zealanders who are based overseas at the moment, because uh, otherwise we're going to have a lot of people stepping up into you know a, a, a much more demanding role than they've probably been used to. Um, so that's a space space worth watching. I mean, Dave Rennie's already turned down uh, the Blues. Uh, get the feeling he's not particularly interested in a Super Rugby job either. Um, you know. It's, Partly, I think there's probably a bit of residual, uh, I'll say ill feeling, but things probably aren't great with New Zealand rugby there. So, I mean, those are the sorts of guys you'd love to have them coming back to super rugby level. I just can't see it happening. Do you see the likes of Vern Cotter back in the country, John O'Gibbs back in the country? Could they go straight into super? Oh, it'd be great if they did. I mean, guys like that, you can't argue with the, you know, the massive CVs that they've built up, um, you know, the experience overseas. I, I would love to see some, you know, guys like that. 
with all their experience and, and then they can take on the role of, of nurturing, you know, those around them and, and preparing them maybe for the step up. Um, but at the moment, there's a, there's a bit of a gulf there, I think. And as I say, it's just simply because of the way the All Black panel, uh, you know, it's another one of the reasons why I, I, I sort of kind of hope that a, like a, a Tony Brown or someone like that might have been part of the panel just so that it didn't have just such a... Um, um, you know, a, a gutting effect on our, on our super rugby coaching stocks. Mm. Um, a, a text that came in, which I, I think I might put to you, Tom Robinson. Do you know anything about why he isn't getting game time? He's not even on the bench this weekend. No, I, I can't answer that. No, I can't um, either. What about? It's a bit disappointing because uh, you know I, he's been a terrific player in the past. I, mean, I don't know whether it's injury related, related or form related. You know, I'd have to say that um, <clears throat> one of the more impressive. Blues performance this year has been Cameron Suafoa, and, mm. and it just seems that maybe he's, you know, he's, he's um, very strong ball carrying, line outs good. Uh, the, the, you know, these are all things that Tom Robinson's been good at in the past too, but it just seems to be on form uh, that Suafoa is the guy that's getting the nod. And, and I guess you could say uh, the same for Rob Rush. He's in the squad. I think he's the only player in the squad that hasn't played. Yeah, um, I presume with Papali'i out for the uh, well, I think he's going to be out for the for the rest of the round robin. There, there might be a chance for him to have a go there. Um, I haven't as yet. Um, oh, yeah, the Blues team yeah has been named. You're right. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a mystery, uh, mm. Robinson, because this time last year, I think everyone, or even the year before, people were talking about him as an all-black prospect, and that really looks like a fairly distant, distant prospect now. Yeah, I was one of them. Uh, I always said that was the last thing. I always think of another one while you're talking. Sevens, another fantastic performance from them this week. Um, we've seen it from the women's sevens in, oh, it seems to be a long, long time now, but the men's are back to almost where they were I don't know, quite a few years ago now, they're becoming a dominant force again. There's black jerseys on the podium, it seems, every week now. Yeah, I mean, with with the women, I mean, it's almost you, you expect that they play to such a high standard and you just love the way new players are able to come in and just seamlessly come into the team. And I think, you know, what a great addition uh, Georgia Miller has been. Oh, yes. Uh, she, you know, a power player, but also you can just see her all-round game, like her passing game, for example, the way, you know, they use her at first receiver quite a lot, how that's developed. So, uh, you know, just right up to their, their normal standards and their ability to come from behind, not lose their cool. But the thing, yeah, you're right, the men's team, uh, what they have done is that in the past they've been able to keep themselves in the hunt by just consistently finishing high up in the points tables, you know, getting in the top three or four in the tournaments, whatever, accumulating points. But this year, in a competition that started out with different teams winning uh, just about every every tournament, They've, they've come home so strongly and, and, you know, starting to win back-to-back tournaments so that, you know, they're, they're actually not just accumulating points to, for, for a high finish. They're actually, you know, winning the table. They're getting the maximum 22. Uh, and, and again, I, I just think, you know, the veteran presence of, of people like Regan Ware, uh, I think he's been, you know, terrific. But but also, uh, you know, you've got the, the younger talents that have, that have come through and... To me, that, that probably the guy who's been their best player is uh, Rockley Saw. He, he's just taken over that playmaker role 
and, and he is, put, you know, arguably the best in the game at the moment. And no, in scr- position. no scrum resets, advantage for five seconds, advantage over. It's, a, it's an easy watch. Yeah, it is. And the, the, the tournament's built nicely. I mean, they've, they've chopped and changed the formats around a bit. I, I, I would, the one thing I'm a little bit concerned about is the crowds do seem to be falling off a bit. Yeah, they do. Uh, even in Hong Kong, I know they had times where the stadiums were nearly full. Um, but, yeah, that, that would be the one thing that would sort of concern me a wee bit. Um, you know, uh, the broader appeal of the Sevens game... Um, but I, I think now, you know, that the Olympics uh, very much have become the pinnacle of, of Sevens rugby and we'll see it again next year in France. Brilliant. And we will see you again next Thursday, TJ. Always appreciate your time. OK. Good on you, mate. TJ, Tony Johnson, Voice of Sky, Sport Rugby there. Big round of Super Rugby this weekend. We'll have a break. We'll come back. And this time we'll do What's Making News.